0: He ranges away! And Ballinger throws it so high! There are some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration.
1: The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's
0: better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Mark Willard and Joe Shasky on the 95.7 the Game Podcast Network. Okay, here we go. Garlic fries and baseball guys, episode two. We are surrounded by French fries. Which Joe is a a dream come true.
1: Oh, it absolutely is. I mean you go from the the chill of New York to the hot boiling deep fryer of the garlic fries. No doubt, no doubt. Well into the boiler goes uh, goes Anthony
0: Declafani the uh, the series against the Mets is done and uh, and the Giants got it handed to him a little bit. they lose three out of four. It's not really a shame situation. Uh, the Mets are good, you know if you look around the league, there are a couple of teams pitching their you-know-what's-off. The Giants are definitely one of them. So are the Mets. So they get it handed to them a little bit. But we got to dive right into one of the few, if not only, concerns with the pitching staff out of the gate is Anthony Di Sclafani. He, he does not look like um, he, he, like he's hitting his spots exactly right. The, uh, the And, again, it was never dominant last year, but the steadiness that he sort of brought – outside of pitching against the Dodgers that he brought last year is, is not there right now. And the biggest sort of concern, I think that makes you feel a little bit funny in your belly when you see that is not so much, uh, you know, can he figure it out this year? Do they have the depth to deal with it? But they signed him to a three-year deal and uh, they've avoided that with just about everybody, but Anthony's got it. And, and he doesn't look right.
1: Yeah, I mean, Farhan's been very discerning on who he gives the multi-year deals to and, and how many years he gives these guys to them. So I didn't love the way he finished the season last year, especially against your rival, the Dodgers, who you're going to face a gazillion times. Um, but I was okay with him coming back this year on, on a multi-year deal. Three's probably a little rich. I mean, two years I would have been happy, but I feel like I'm I'm kind of, you know, Uh, I'm splitting ends here. I just don't like the way he looks right now. Command-wise, he's leaving balls over the plate and getting hit hard. The two early solo jobs kind of did him in. He right now is the weakest link on the staff, but he looked fantastic in spring training. So I'm going to pump the brakes a little and and wait for a couple of more starts before I really start to panic on him. What about you? No
0: doubt. I mean, I will point out that that Francisco Lindor home run, you know, you mentioned the two early bombs. Yeah. This is going to be just a little shred of positivity in the midst of what was a difficult start. That home run by Francisco Lindor, get this. The first home run allowed by the Giants pitching staff in 10 days. Wow. Okay. The season has just started. They are 13 games in. They had gone 10 days since letting the ball leave the yard. So clearly this is a philosophy. I, I You know, you've got to go execute it. Mm-hmm. But the game has changed so much in recent years. And to me, this is one of the headlines. Um, I think behind closed doors, it's one of the things the Giants say to each other. Here's the deal. We keep the ball in the yard more as a pitching staff than the other team does. We're going to win. You're watching it with their team batting average. It's never going to be good again. They're going to hit 220 yeah. or whatever, but they hit the ball out of the yard. Hard to do in frigid New York in April, um, but you know, e- e- even in this series, they had a few moments. They're going to as the weather gets warmer. They're going to hit more home runs than the opposition, and I think that's their philosophy. So even though it it, it wasn't good in Game Four against the Mets, that was kind of a silver lining. I was like, "You got to be kidding me! They hadn't let an opponent hit a homer in ten
1: days." That statistic blows me away, especially considering you had a doubleheader and you had a bunch of arms being used in that game because Cobb went out early. Logan Webb takes his first L in what feels like a year, maybe more Twenty-four starts, 24 starts. And people are losing their minds. He gave up three runs over almost four innings. Like It's not like he got shelled like Otani did a week ago for nine over two. So I think everybody needs to relax. They've won three out of four series. And this Mets series, to me, I actually come away feeling encouraged because the pitching staff absolutely battled, and it feels like this team just needs to break out with runners in scoring position. And I I believe that's going to come, Mark.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, listen, uh, you have to work hard right now, I think, to mm-hmm. find concerns with the pitching staff. There just aren't that many of them. Di Sclafani is one of them. If you want to talk about Doval's control, Jake McGee's velocity, I mean, these are things that, that that are obvious and aware of, but but honestly, there has been so much good. Can we talk about Carlos Rodon for a second? Oh, my
1: gosh. Mean,
0: there's two pieces of Carlos Rodon. I mean, there's the obvious. There's the dominance and the strikeouts. Yes. But can I talk about the piece that I love the most? It's not even just like 29 Ks in his first three starts. It's also the look on his yes. face. I mean, this man, the Giants for years have been a team that sort of suffers from like guys look like they're just like, eh, just blah, like bopping. Right. Remember when we were like, they need Pablo Sandoval is the only guy with a personality. This is something that's really welcome on this club. You got the energy of a Jock Peterson mm-hmm. and the intensity of a Carlos Rodon. I watch Rodon pitch, I immediately think postseason. Oh, what, totally. what is that going to look like? A bulldog with an intimidating face in the postseason. As long as they monitor his
1: innings pitched, because yeah. yesterday he he pitched so many pitches before he even got to the fifth inning. It was like, ah, and then that's a team, the Mets. They're going to take a lot of pitches. I mean, yep. they are built for the postseason. Marte and Lindor, you reference, and Pete Alonzo. That's a killer lineup, no doubt about it. Here's the thing I love about it. He doesn't nibble. Like, how many times have we had these lefties that kind of nibble? You know, Bumgarner notwithstanding. He doesn't nibble. And, yes, the moxie. Here's the thing I love, not just about Rodon, but in general when we're talking pitching staff, the maturation process behind the dish of Joey Bart. He threw out Marte first and third last night with two outs. And Marte, I think, uh, had had a record at one point last year for most stolen bases in a month by a guy who's been traded. Some crazy number. He gets a great jump. And Bart just mows him down. But the uh, the synergy between the two of them where Rodon didn't have the mechanics going and Bart calls timeout as a rook, goes out there, calms him down, and then Rodon just throws a strikeout on the very next pitch. That's the little things that I know Joey Bart's arrived. Well, and and speaking of looks on people's faces, did you
0: catch Bart when he was walking back to the dugout yeah. after he nailed him? He was great. Like, he was just like, I'm gonna wipe my nose like whatever like I'm a wa- like he was not surprised he was not fired up. Yeah, he looks like a big leaguer and I know his batting average is is, is down. It's first of all, batting averages, stats, stuff like that early. Uh, there's going to be highs and, and lows. I don't think Joey Bart is ever going to be a guy who hits too far north of, of 250. That's probably not his game, but you're right, if he can handle the staff, mm-hmm. if he can play good defense, if he can supply power.
1: And hit two
0: forty, two fifty. Sign me up. I'm ready sure. to go.
1: Remember in 2020 when he got crossed up and then called off, shaken off by Cueto like 8,000 times in a handful of starts? That's not the kid that I'm seeing right now. And then the at-bats, for me, they just look good. They look professional. He has the moxie. Because to me, the biggest hole heading into this season was Buster Posey. Now, he's never going to replace Buster. Hmm. But I think they've really developed this guy in a short period of time. I'm feeling really good about him. And what he's done with this staff, he deserves credit.
0: Yeah, no, no question. For me, like, this is, I'll I'll just sort of wrap it up in one sense. He looks like a big leaguer. Yes. You know, like, when when, when you get there, think of a quarterback in the NFL, when they've got happy feet, you can tell the game's just moving really, really fast. Um, Obviously, baseball doesn't move that way. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you can tell when somebody is emotionally feeling a little overwhelmed or frustrated. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there were times when he kept hitting the wall instead of getting his first home run. You know, in the in that 2020 season, yes. there were times where it just he, he looked frustrated and you could tell you are like it's too soon. It's too soon for this kid. Yeah. I have not felt that at any point in, in this first handful of games. Doesn't look too soon for Joey Barty. Looks ready to go.
1: And, and they have a multiplicity of arms velocities and arm angles coming out of that bullpen and I haven't seen any loss behind the plate defensively like Buster is a Hall of Fame gold glove level defensive catcher I haven't seen a precipitous drop off with him back there you got submariners you got lefties blowing 95 in Garcia you got Bribia up there throwing the kind of a 94 mile an hour fastball McGee can be wild mechanically Dovol's a little off right now but I feel like the kid back there has been a really good backstop so I'm really Encouraged with him. Well, important to note also,
0: I want to point out that last season, which was so, so epically amazing 107 wins. Mm -hmm. If you go back to this time last year, a lot of what ended up developing hadn't developed yet, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they blew that game in Seattle right out of the gate. They went to San Diego. They were able to kind of hang in there, but the bullpen rolls were all over the place. Little did we know that. In the next couple of months, we'd get our first taste of a Camilo Doval and then see what he would become down the stretch. Brebbia hadn't come up yet. Dominic Leone hadn't come up yet. Another name. Uh, there, there were a number. We remember, oh, gosh, yeah. is Tyler Rogers going to be your closer? He can't strike <laughs> anybody out. Yes, there was Jake McGee, and he was dominant. But so much of that developed. I want to point out that look at the way it looks to start the year totally this agree. year. Like, they've, they've got some things – that took a while to develop last year that are already in place to start the year. I'm a big believer that a bullpen needs defined roles. And even though the giants are like, well, we're not going to tell you our closer is. And one day it might be Duvall. One day it might be McGee. That's fine. One day it might be Tyler Rogers, but that is their role. That is, those are late inning guys. Uh, It took a while last year. This year, I feel like this group, they know who's who Alvarez and Garcia. You're going to get the lefties, Brebbia, mm-hmm. Leone. You guys are going to handle sixth and seventh. It, it just feels more solidified out of the gate. I think that's going to pay off for him.
1: Yeah, and Tyler Rogers feels like he's picking up right where he left off last year, which is a great sign. And McGee, Dovall, whether it's closer by committee, like at this point, I I just think they they just play the matchups the way they've been doing and go with who's hot, who's available. You know, they don't want to pitch anybody three days in a row. That was kind of their mantra last year. So like, do you have any specific thoughts on who the closer should be every single day? Or do you like what they've done thus far?
0: No. I mean, I think that's part of what this group earned last year is the right for us to say, you know what, like we're going to judge you on the back end and not on the front end. Yeah. You know, they're smart, whatever they did, it usually worked. Um, I mean, Bruce Bochi came on uh, our show a couple of weeks ago and and said something that I'll never forget. He he was kind of like, uh, you know, I I don't like the fact that everybody thinks that I just went from the hip and went with my gut. You know, uh, Bruce Bochi, I use analytics all the time. Like I, he he wanted data too. He wasn't just like, boy, let me uh let me. Let me look into my crystal ball and put a hat on, and I think I'll go with Affel. No, like he had the data too. This group knows exactly what they want to do in situations. They're human beings, the players are, so it's not going to work out every time. But, but no, mix match, be ready, have depth. If, if something's not working, be ready to go to the next. They're going to need to do that uh, really soon here because of the doubleheader yeah. and, and the potential injury to Alex Cobb. Like, I I mean, I imagine with the series in, in, in Washington, you're going to get a starting pitcher that, that has not started a game yet. We're going to get somebody else in there. Logan exactly. Webb's not ready to go Saturday, so someone's probably coming up. So that depth we'll get tested and this is their calling card
1: there's no doubt about it and as we look at just kind of the everyday lineup I know there's some other players that we're going to get to later on here but the guy that I feel actually really good coming out of the Mets series is, is Mikey Stremski. Uh he started yeah. off the season kind of on a deep freeze and you're wondering wow is is, is it just the league is adjusted to him and, and he hasn't adjusted back because the guy in 2019-2020 was awesome and and I, and I I I didn't think that that was a mirage i thought that he was a real legit ball player not that he's a superstar or even a bona fide all-star but just a really good baseball player it's good to see his bat hot right now mark
0: yeah well and i love the way he started the game i want to point to one other thing that i think has been an underdiscussed characteristic of this particular the 2022 giants is Uh, They have suddenly decided. Remember the whole like, don't bunt, you're taking the bat out of the (laughs) hands. They're like, you're shifting. I love it. I mean, how many? Yaz did it to start off the Mm -hmm. game. Belt has been doing more of it. Jock Peterson, famously over there at Machado, um, you know, when the Padres were playing. I I I love it. I love it. They're going to constantly put pressure on the defense. And, uh, and and they've clearly been working on that in the cage.
1: No doubt. And they've got two guys right now who I thought would be contributors early on in Lamont Wade and Evan Longoria that haven't even played yet. So Great point. I'm, I'm very encouraged after the first four series. I, I don't know how you can't be optimistic. A lot of the things that we were foretelling before the season started have come to fruition. And some of the flaws aren't as bad as I thought. You forget about Lamont Wade. I, I mean, you forget,
0: right? I, I mean, yeah, that, that left-handed outfield reinforcement first base reinforcement um, in theory, he's uh, he's coming very, very soon. And um, with all the, right.
1: the Duggar oblique injury, it's like almost a uh, weird timing, isn't it? Yeah. The timing
0: could, uh, could line up good if Lamont can get himself going here soon. Um,